Hey, welcome to the Bookkeeper's Voice, the go-to business management podcast for Australian bookkeepers running a business. Tune in for practical lessons, inspiring stories, guest speakers and resources to help you work smarter in the way you do business. And now your host, Amy Hook, is here to help you build a more profitable business while creating a savvy brand that your clients will love. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining me again and welcome back. Uh, today, I have Sam, Samuel Burmeister from Tall Books. So he is a fellow bookkeeper and he's been doing some pretty cool stuff in the online world as well as I guess he, he does offline stuff as well. But we'll get to hear a bit more about his journey. And the topic that I wanted to talk about with Samuel today is how he's utilising social technology and social platforms and also online or digital marketplaces to grow his business. So uh, Samuel, I'll hand over to you in a second, but he's only been in business for uh, three years in total from what I can see a bit of a celebration on the LinkedIn profile yeah. today. Congratulations, Samuel. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much, Amy. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, awesome. So do you want to just kick off by like I'm, I mean I don't know you really well I've sort of come across we've chatted a couple of times and met in person once but I want to hear a bit more about your background so obviously I can see where you're at today but wh where, how did you get into bookkeeping um, and you know what's been your kind of pathway into what you're doing now? Sure yeah so I'm one of those people who jumped between career interests I guess so um, my first attempt at study was a Bachelor of Music, which I completed, and so I'm a musician. Um, I sing and play piano, and after three years and completing the Bachelor, I realised I wasn't really interested in the industry, but I loved the outlet of music, so I decided to pursue something else. So I went into fashion, and I started studying fashion business. So. I could maybe get a, a job in marketing or something business related there, work for a fashion label. And once again, the industry was too catty for my liking. So yeah. I decided um, I'd take a break and work out what I wanted. And really random story, but I got um, some orthodontic treatment done. And during that time, I didn't want to be facing any customers. So <laughs> I looked for a short-term job and stumbled a I thought I'd get some call center work because I've done that when I finished school and that's easy and I don't have to see anyone besides my colleagues. So believe it or not, the job I ended up uh, interviewing for was for MYOB. And in my mind, the last thing I had any interest in was accounting. And so I begrudgingly went to the interview and got the job and I told them flat out, look, I'm only going to be here for a few months and then I'm out. It's just while I get this treatment. <laughs> they still hired me for some reason. And during that time, I absolutely fell in love with um, accounting and I started learning all the basic debits and credits. And um, yeah, the interest grew. So I did some networking and moved my way into head office and became a partner manager. And I got to work alongside bookkeepers. And I've never met a bookkeeper during my life before 
um, working at MYAB. So I had no idea what a bookkeeper did. I just thought they were accountants and that was kind of it. So (laughs) I was realizing these guys are all complaining about having too much work. What a great problem to have (laughs) coming from creative industries where people are living off peanut butter and bread and um, trying to get a gig. I thought this is amazing. Maybe I should try it. So I studied a cert for at night while I was working full time at NYAB. Yeah. And that was my test. I thought if I can get through this cert four and still enjoy accounting, it's worth a shot. Um, I was ready to leave my role at NYAB. Everyone knows what that's like when you're working for someone and you're like, this is the time to get out. And I just decided September 2016, I'm going to start my business. I came up with the name Tall Books and yeah, that's how it all began. That's how I got to start my business. That is so awesome. I just like, I mean, I always take little notes down when, you know, when I'm talking to my guests and there's just so many things that you said that um, I don't even know which bit to start on. It's a really cool story. Um, And, you know, like, I guess a couple of things that come to mind is like, firstly, I had someone the other day contrast fashion and bookkeeping as in, I, so I was talking to this girl and she, she actually put fashion and bookkeeping on the complete opposite ends of the scale. So she talked about <laughs> like, um, and what she was talking about is like, you know, I guess, you know, how attractive the industries are. So in her opinion, she viewed bookkeeping as this kind of like way on the end of one scale and then fashion on the other, other end. And um, yeah, so I just sort of found it a bit of a little bit amusing that you'd come from that fashion background, and now you're in bookkeeping, and it sounds like you're you're loving it, or you know, enjoying it more than you know how things were before that. Um, but also, I'm just loving the journey that you went through uh, with MIB and getting you know introduced to bookkeepers that you didn't you know you didn't know what a bookkeeper was, and then you know you set yourself a goal and ended up really you know, not only enjoying it, but your business um, is doing really well. So, Mm. um, yeah, very good, very good. And Mm. so, um, yeah, so I spotted you on Airtasker. Yes. I don't know. I didn't tell you all of it, but I saw you (laughs) on Airtasker because I was investigating. I'm always snooping around looking at like, you know, all these different platforms and looking at different softwares and communities yeah. and ways of sourcing either clients or bookkeepers to work um, for us and that kind of thing. And I was looking at Airtasker. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Airtasker is, it's an online marketplace. There's an app and there's a web thing and you can look for jobs and you can register yourself as available for jobs. And you're, And I'm not just talking about bookkeeping and services like that, but you can hire someone I hired someone to pack boxes in my house when I moved house and things like that so you can get removalists or cleaners or you can get people to just you know deliver you a pizza or you know pretty much anything so I spotted you on there and I was thinking oh Airtasker until I saw you there like it changed my view of actually of Airtasker because I thought (laughs) um 
Airtasker, it's just going to, what you know, you see people post a job, oh, they want their bookkeeping done for 50 bucks. And I thought like, oh, who does this? And so I'd look at it just to kind of see what was out there. But you'd see someone go, can someone, you know, do a week of bookkeeping for 50 bucks? And a hundred people would be replying saying, I'll do it, I'll do it. And I spotted you on that list and I clicked on, I'm like, oh, I know him. And I clicked on the profile and you had like a hundred like five star reviews from all these people. And I was like, far out, this guy's really like on fire. So I'm curious about that. I want to hear what happened back then on, on, on Airtasker and how you sort of started out there. Yeah, that's a really interesting discovery. I haven't used <laughs> the profile in a few years, but that is a yeah. really integral part of how I started my business. So once, when I launched my business, a lot of people assume, oh, you've got connections or you're launching a business because you've built up a client base. No, I had zero clients yeah, um, yeah. and zero referral paths of like, here's a parent or a relative to give me clients. So I had to think of my feet and I'd done a lot of research and I realized, yes, referrals come from accountants or friends and family, but the quickest ones will be those that I go out and get. And they might not be the highest quality leads, but they're leads nonetheless, and they'll help me get um, the ball rolling. So I found Airtasker, and back in 2016, Airtasker was a lot newer. Mm -hmm. So there weren't as many people on it. And like you said, a lot of people are on there saying, uh, do some gardening for 20 bucks or put together my, um, like this, you can see behind me, I oh, got someone yeah, to put that together. <laughs> Um, you got someone to put it together for me. Yes, you can do it, but why not pay someone if it's something that they, they enjoy doing and yeah. enjoy the time? So that was Airtasker. I thought I can safely do some small jobs here while building up more experience. And also people can't be as, or they shouldn't be, as expecting of skill level when they're not offering the higher price. Hmm. So the way I leveraged it was, um, let's say someone said, come help me set up my zero file. I would then um, look at their price, work out what I'd be comfortable with. But think of that as an initial way to get paid to meet someone. And I'd go and I'd do the session and the prices did vary. Some were great, some were, oh, is this worth my time? Mm. And during that session, I would build rapport with them, try and do the best job I could. And I'd always set my boundaries. I'll be there for two hours of solid work, no more kind of thing. Yeah. And when the two hours would finish, I would always ask them, so what are you doing for your ongoing reconciliations? Or, and they'd always kind of look at themselves and think, mm, you? <laughs> <laughs> so because bookkeeping, like, you know, it doesn't just get done once. You either take it on yourself or you pay someone else. It has to continuously be done. Like it's kind of like in my mind, like plowing a field on a farm. You got to, <laughs> the effort in before you get anything out of it. So I would then go in and I would offer them a package. So I'd say, look, I can um, do your bookkeeping for X amount per month uh, and it'll include X, Y, Z. And this is something I've been coaching bookkeepers on at my own. Best practice bookkeeping, you know, good old value pricing. Instead of the hourly rate, they just have a set rate and then I'm getting a retainer in regularly. I know how much money to expect. Mm. And that was really popular. So in fact, yeah, wow. the first probably half of my client base was all people that had just had a one-off job. And some of the stories you wouldn't believe, <laughs> like for example, this guy paid me $25 to come yep. in for an interview. Yep. And 
ignoring the fact that he was a monster boss and like it was a horrible job overall yeah. I had a lot of money off that $25 original interview because it ended up being a weekly um, contract where we agreed on a rate and I did weekly bookkeeping and they turned out to be a large recruitment business. So that threw me right into the deep end doing payroll, calculating payroll tax, reconciliations, billable expenses, all this stuff that beginner bookkeepers would scream at. Um, <laughs> and that came from 25 bucks. So stories like that, it's not about getting shocked at the initial valuation. It's about looking at the yes. value proposition. What can I earn from this? Is there potential for ongoing work in this, this client base? Or is this a small enough job that I can go and get my hands dirty learning a bit more about this profession? I love it. I love what you, you, how you said, um, you know, you're getting paid by them to, um, you know, like actually go out and meet somebody who's potential to, for ongoing income. And, you know, it was actually seeing you on there. That's what flipped my mindset about the way that you can do things on these platforms, because I knew of you and I'd seen you around the community and you, you know, you, you seemed like a, you know, pretty decent guy and you seemed like you knew what you were doing or you seemed like you were at least, you know, very, um, you know, motivated and you care about your clients and things like that. So that seeing you there and then seeing all the reviews you had and stuff like that, it kind of like flipped my, you know, obviously sometimes you get ideas in your head about things and what kind of quality work you can get from various places. And so I had like quite a strong opinion about, you know, various things. And when I saw you on there, it actually, I thought, oh yeah, okay. I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. And so I love the way, you know, you've gone through and you've kind of, um, you know, I only saw the surface level of it, which is, you know, Samuel's out there and he's got, you know, all of these five-star reviews. So he's obviously doing well with that. But then, you know, what you've just shared now, you've kind of like gone into way more deep detail and it's, you know, like it's actually like quite amazing what you've done because a lot of people would go, oh, I'm not working for 25 bucks, not worth my time. But you've been able to see beyond the face value of it to, to how you can actually benefit yourself and benefit the client from there. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, a good point that you've mentioned, like I'm big on being just open and I'm not going to act like Airtask is like this beautiful, perfect situation. <laughs> I've dropped a hell of a lot of my Airtask clients in the last three years. Yes. But think about that position. Like I love how you've got your journey. Let you tell, ask people where they're at in the, um, Facebook group, like mm. whether they're starting out, whether they're, they're done, whether they're looking for clients. Obviously it's really good when you're starting out and it's about yep. looking at proactive ways. People are always saying, how can I get clients? And they want to throw money at everything to fix a problem. Mm. Why not be a bit creative. Like I saw Airtasker, like you were saying, as an opportunity to meet people and have low risk with initial jobs because you're not going to approach a giant business and do all this complicated bookkeeping when you're just starting out. Right? Yeah, that's right. So it's hard to get that experience and get paid for it. Yep. And I think a lot of people assume like, oh, I just started, but I want to get paid like an advanced bookkeeper or I only want to do really high quality work. You're probably not giving high quality work. So no. you've got to be realistic and build yourself up and once I got to that point, I was able to drop any clients that weren't giving me value or respecting me enough. Yeah. 
personally, I still wouldn't tolerate crap, but yeah. <laughs> uh, you are going to get cheapskates, right? And so that isn't as big a problem until you get bigger and you realize, okay, now I'm worth X amount. Yeah. And I've got these other referral streams coming in. Yep. So then I can start dropping them. But still today, I've probably got over 10 air tasks of clients from 2016 that I still work with who are very respectful. Yeah. Uh, so it's not all of them. No, that's right. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really, um, yeah, I'm really impressed with what you've done. And also just you being so willing and open to share that. Cause obviously, you know, I mean, once, you know, when you get onto a good wicket, you know, you probably want to keep it to yourself a little bit and, you know, but obviously you've moved to the, you know, you've moved to the next stage in your, in your business. Um, you know, been yeah. going for three years now. And as you said, you haven't even logged on there for a while. Um, I mean, do you still get, uh, oh no, because you have to put your own bid in, don't you? You, you don't get contacted mm. by people. So. Though an interesting thing about that, for at least a year or two, well, maybe a year, yeah. people were finding me for like zero leads because Airtask are actually, interesting thing about those marketplaces that people need to be aware of is yeah. they spend an absolute ton of money on their SEO. So yeah. when someone searches for something, Airtasker might pop up saying, hey, have you tried Airtasker? And then it shows a few people. And because yep. I had good ratings, yep. I'll often get free advertising through Airtasker, not even oh using it. Oh, my gosh. So people would be like, oh, yeah, I chose it because you had all these reviews. And I'm yep. like, what are they talking about? And they're like, oh, they saw my Airtasker profile. And then yep. they come to me full price through my website. So, um, oh my gosh. yeah, it's about getting your name out there as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely. I just love it. Like, I, I love the fact that you spotted that opportunity. I was on air task, you know, looking for someone to come over and clean my blinds. Like, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I wonder what people do for bookkeeping and, you know, all these different things. I had a bit of a peak, but, you know, yeah. you know, not everyone's aware enough to spot the opportunities, but you did. And, you know, I love the fact that, okay, so I can't remember, maybe a couple of episodes ago, I, I actually did an episode called How to Get... Uh, bookkeeping clients when you have no experience. And mm. so I gave um, three uh, tips on there. So basically I think the tips were um, you can, you can lie about your experience and obviously I don't advocate for that option, but you can, you know, you can tell people you've got more experience than you have. Uh, you can tell the truth. So you can go, Hey, I don't have any experience, but would you give me a chance? Um, and then the third one was, I actually encourage people that don't have experience to go, like to go get a job in employment, maybe an accounts payable role for a season, but you've just, I feel like you've given me a fourth one to add to that list. So obviously I'm not going to re-record the podcast, but for anyone who's listening now, who listened to that one, there you go. You've got, there's these platforms out there where you can engage with business owners that don't have super high expectations. I mean, some of them will, of course, some of them will want you to you know, do a whole year of bookkeeping for, you know, a very small amount of money. But um, at the end of the day, you know, it really sounds like that is, that's a great place to practice. Yes. Um, and I think, I mean, obviously winning the job, I mean, how did you go about, cause it is quite competitive. Like sometimes I'd see a hundred people like all offering to do this, this job. Like how do you get noticed when you don't have the reviews yet? Like how did you get noticed? So I have to pay this off a little bit to like sales trading in the past. So yeah. yes, and accountants haven't done sales training. And it's honestly something that every industry professional needs to do, regardless yes. of whether you're a or not. <laughs> so true, isn't it? So one of my first jobs out of school was for 
Selmat Salesforce, as they were called back then. Now it's just Selmat, I think. Yeah. And they took me through like this six-week intensive sales training induction um, just for like a phone roll. And so I've kept all of that and worked on it for years. Yeah. And part of that was um, just understanding like benefit and benefit over price is a big thing. So yes. yep. always starting with the benefit before focusing on the price, because realistically as customers, we don't shop by price. We may act like we do, but we're actually looking for the benefit. Sure. You'll find that people rarely go for the cheapest option. They'll go for something in the middle or higher if it's got a better benefit. Mm. Right? Mm. And so it's about selling the benefit of your service. Secondly, it was setting boundaries. So I would always be like, I can provide, I think one of the, the wordings I use that worked really well for me is I would have kind of like a copy pasting that I, I worked with after a while, which would be something like, yeah. hey, Amy, um, I would love to help you with your bookkeeping rescue work. I can promise three hours of solid, efficient and professional work where yeah. I will come on site and perform the work for you and if um, something like, please see my reviews. If I didn't have reviews, I would just focus on the hardworking element. Yeah. Um, yeah. Find an insured, um, something like that. And I look forward to speaking with you or something like that. And so yeah. it beats the people who are like, I would love to do this for you and like post $20 instead of 50. Do you know what I mean? You have to look professional and also show that for a set amount of time, you're going to be there and working hard. Yeah, because you've got to earn your stripes, I guess. Like, same in every industry. I had no mm. reputation, so I had to go in and work hard. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, the yourself. Yeah, wow. don't expect things yeah. to be handed to you. Also, you have to think about how can I look desirable. Yeah, whilst maintaining ethics, right? So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. And I mean, I mean, there's a lot of bookkeepers out there that don't have a background in sales. So you've definitely, I mean, you've had an advantage there on that side of things, but then obviously you had to start to learn bookkeeping from scratch. So just th three years ago, you enrolled in a cert four just to yeah. see if you could do it, like just to challenge yourself and see, do I still like it at the end? And so you finished yeah. that. And then, um, and then are you, so are you, because yeah, right. So how are you doing things in terms of like being a BAS agent and that kind of thing? Like you're still earning your points? No. So I got my BAS agent registration back in 2017. Yep. And I had a supervising BAS agent. So Great. I'm really big on that because I think the lucky thing about BAS agent supervision is it can be remote. It doesn't need to be an employee like tax agent, yes. uh, which is a nightmare. That's the next nightmare I'm going to go through. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit about that too. But basically, I had a supervising BAS agent, so they would uh, look over and sign off on any BAS work. And yeah. that way, you can be honest and say, look, I can do this, and BAS services can be provided under supervision. Yep. And I just follow the rules, like yep. my website where it said BAS, it said under supervision by and put the BAS agent number. Yep. This is like a set wording you have to use. It but is. But it's all... No, it's once again comes back to the sales thing. I often hear bookkeepers kind of, to me, it sounds like they're saying, please don't give me the work. Like they like talking themselves out of the job. They'll be like, I, I like to do your bookkeeping, but I'm not qualified. I don't have my bad agent registration. Um, but 
I, I like you, I've got a supervisor and like start with the benefit, right? Like, yes, we can do X, Y, Z. Yes, we can do bus agent services. It's under supervision. So you actually get two of us, you mm. know what I mean? And so it's a, a <laughs> think about it. Like yeah. you're going to get positioning, jobs. Positioning, it's positioning. It's great. Like no one sells things by pointing out. Imagine you went to a real estate agent. They're like, welcome to this house. Mind the dodgy step. Uh, ignore that smell and here's a closet it's not really a room we lied about that do you know what I mean yes you're not going to buy the house so no you've got to think about staying ethical but also not underselling yourself yeah exactly and that's I mean that's a huge thing in our industry a, a lot of bookkeepers will say that they feel that they undersell themselves mm -hmm. um and so yeah I think you you know you're really setting such a great example and um you know I mean behind all of this like what has because you did a lot in a short amount of time like what was the driving motivation for you aside from not you know not wanting to eat peanut butter sandwiches every <laughs> night for dinner like what was what was your driving motivation behind it um that's a good question i'm very goal oriented so yeah. for me i had tried all these things because i have a lot of interests mm -hmm. and i don't believe that you need to just choose one very millennial of me <laughs> but uh <laughs> I don't believe that you need to be stuck in one perfect career choice your whole life. And yeah. so you can tell like I've tried a few things yeah. and what actually happened to me was I realized why not look at the underlying interests. So I looked at my personality profile online and yeah. instead of looking at my areas of interest, like music, accounting, whatever, yeah. I looked at the underlying personality um, traits that enjoyed aspects of work and worked out what they were yeah. so for example i always enjoyed creating order from chaos i always enjoyed people facing work yep. i enjoyed methodical planned um coordination like yep. nice looking things and what, what are you what are you enfp esfj ESFJ, okay. Whether one coming with the cake to the party to save the day. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, it's it's a common one. I think we're just a common bunch. Yeah. Um, but basically, what I realised then was, I'm going to stop focusing on what and not being tied up in that whole, like mm. you said, sexy. What's I don't give a a damn about any of that, right? Because. Yeah. I've done those like sexy industries where people are like, oh, I wish I was a musician or that sounds great. And I think, you know what, at the end of the day, it's not about the industry. It's about what parts of your personality it serves. Yeah. And I realized growing a business really excited me. Yeah. And I love that in accounting, we get to work closely with such an array of businesses. Yeah. Yeah. That's and right. so that drove me really, really hard. And I <laughs> like the upskill. So Accounting is one of those industries that you can never stop learning. It's yeah. so vast. There's no such thing as an all-knowing accounting expert. So it gave me the opportunity to decide, well, what do I want to specialize in? What do I want to get better at? I can keep growing and growing. Like there's no real limit to getting better in this field. Yeah. And so in answer to your earlier question or what we pointed at, um, once I finished my bass agent registration, I decided well, why don't I take it to the next level? A lot of accounting firms are acquiring bookkeeping firms these days. They're opening up bookkeeping divisions. It's a real threat and it will increase because accounting firms are realizing we need to make up for some of this loss we're getting. 
Yeah. So I thought, well, why don't we raise the stakes? Why don't we have like quality bookkeepers who also learn tax from the yeah. ground up? And then I can have my own full circle service. Yep. So I just finished my diploma of accounting and I'm just about to probably in a month I will have finished my tax agent certification. Yeah. And which don't ask me how I find the time to do this. I, know, I was just thinking that it's a lot of work. And then I've been accepted into a Bachelor of Commerce, majoring in accounting at Deakin, which I want to do because it's online. Oh, great. Um, yeah. In December. And obviously I get a lot of credit off that. So um, yeah, that's my goal just to keep growing it and then start offering this holistic service. Um, because I'm sure as you see a lot of bookkeepers, um, we also, whilst bookkeepers get a lot of hate from the accounting side, accountants get a lot of hate as well. Mm. And it's about acknowledging where we can step in and fill a gap. So for example, a common one is accountants won't often know the accounting software and people hate that. Yeah. Or they'll say that they never hear from their accountant. They have to chase the accountant up. So being bookkeepers and bus agents, we're very proactive. Mm. Generally, we're very client focused. So if you bring that same attitude to accounting, I can't see how you could not be a formidable force in the accounting industry. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. It's yeah. So it's really good to see where you've come from and where you're actually heading. And, you know, just to talk a little bit more about the actual, you know, the, the, you know, the social platforms and things like that. I spotted on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago that you've got a thousand subscribers on your YouTube channel, which yes. I will share the link afterwards if people want to suss out what you're doing there. And so on your YouTube channel, you are doing like uh, tutorials for, um, yeah, on various um, aspects of the software and things like that. Do you want to talk a little bit about your software, uh, uh, YouTube channel? Yeah, sure. So my YouTube channel, I decided, um, well, I tried to think from the client's perspective. When I first started bookkeeping, well, even before I started Toolbooks, maybe mid-2016, I watched every single YouTube video you can think of, probably twice, yeah. about how to market a bookkeeping business being a great bookkeeper, how to grow a bookkeeping business. Like I did a lot of research and YouTube is so good because you can just consume it while doing something else Yes. or you've got a visual and they can show you things. And um, I realized if I was a client or a small business person looking for help with software, I don't want to read text. I want you to show me the button to click. <laughs> Do it quickly. I don't want to hear you waffle about yourself for half an hour. No. So... <laughs> I started making these small tutorials and it's just grown exponentially, which is awesome. Mm. Uh, and so it started with just MYB essentials, obviously coming out of my op, that was my focus. Yep. Then as I looked at demand, zero was the biggest demand. So now I have too many zero videos on there. There's like heaps. So yep. my idea was create bite-sized useful videos on a concept. So don't, Mm. I hate the ones where they're like, learn zero in 2019. The whole video goes for an hour and a half. <laughs> like no one's going to sit through that. So <laughs> except maybe a bookkeeper. <laughs> yeah, true. And even the bookkeeper soon, they like grumpy, like skipping forward. So I thought, <laughs> okay, show me how to raise a credit note. Cool. Yeah. Three to five minute video. Yeah. Show me how to do bank reconciliation. And because that was a long concept, I broke it into two videos so people can consume it quickly and it gets really good feedback and so that was a branding tool not to directly get leads but it was to 
once again show that I'm passionate and mm. have knowledge in the accounting software space. Yep. And secondly, it actually helps you while you're not working to work for you. So whenever clients approach me, they'll quite often say, oh, I've watched all your videos on this and I just had some questions. And I think, wow, I was teaching them whilst probably in bed. Like, yes. <laughs> how cool is that? Or you can then say to someone, uh, it almost becomes a resource library too. Like, let's mm. say I just trained you and you're like, and can you show me how to do the bank rules again? I'm like, no worries, Amy, I'll send you an email exactly. with a link to my YouTube. Exactly. And like, how much better is that? It looks so quality. So yeah. I don't always get caught up on everything being purely like lead based. Yeah. So I have had a few leads out of YouTube. It's not the main focus of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that you can teach. And I also want to try and give back a bit, like build up, a community to help because there's a lot of small business owners out there drowning who yep. will probably never reach a bookkeeper or not yet and it doesn't mean they don't deserve some help as well yeah oh, yeah i love it it's a great attitude and um yeah just you know, I, like, I really like what you said about um you know being able to have what you're doing is you're building up a library of teaching where if you don't have time to get on a video call with people all the time or type a long email with steps on how to do stuff <laughs> It really saves you time and it gives them a resource that they can they can you know have at their fingertips if they need to remind themselves so and it just it, you know as as you said as well it it just makes you look so professional as well it makes you look really yeah. you know, like this guy really knows what he's doing he knows how to make youtube videos so for some people it's like, whoa like how does this all work and um yeah. you know um we use uh loom to do a similar thing so we do like little welcome videos for the client and stuff like that gotta i don't know just love uh yeah like having having these technologies where you can just like shoot a quick video and send it off whereas a couple of years ago it was just so much more mm -hmm. you know involved in trying to produce something like that whereas you can just now sort of click buttons and it's you know, done. Yeah, I use Loom to record mine actually. So I love Loom. Like I think a lot of people know about it, but if you don't, shout out to Loom right now. Um, it's free. It's free and it's so good for screen recording. So you can yeah. do a video without your face. I choose not to put my face there because people don't want to see Sleepy Sam like yeah. showing in the corner. And, <laughs> and sometimes, like you said, like if I have a very specific tutorial for a client, I can just snap it on Loom, yeah. send it, and then it tells you when they view it and um, they can review it later as well. I think that's a really useful bit of help. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so I'm very curious to know, you still play music? I do. Yes. You, <laughs> you just like, just for fun. Like, what do you do? Are you in a band or are you? No, I just do it for my own fun. Yeah. So um, I've do you got like piano and vocals. Yeah. Piano yeah. and vocals. Yeah, okay. That's basically, my Instagram is just piano covers. So, oh, I'll have to have a look. I haven't seen your Instagram. I'll I'll have to suss it out. I'm a, I'm a musician as well. So, so. oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, guitar and vocals. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's such a great. It's good. I think everyone needs a creative outlet. And um, I think there's quite a few bookkeepers that are musos. I've seen discussions going on before. So, yeah. It's... Well, everyone likes music, so a lot of people exactly. find their hand in it, which is awesome. Yeah, why not? Why not? And so, okay, I'm just sort of, yeah, just, okay. So you're looking into being, becoming a tax agent because you feel that there's more to offer there. What, what else is in the future pipeline for you? Like, um, yeah. are you looking at growing bigger, like having staff or do you have staff? I, I, I don't even yes, know. Yes, I've got a staff member. Yep. Yeah. She, uh, 
shout out to Kristen. She works <laughs> for me in South Australia. Yeah, um, awesome. And so that's probably something I haven't mentioned, but we do everything digital. And I mean it, like I've got two printers in the cupboard up there that haven't been used in two years. So yeah. every single point of it is digital. Um, and obviously that's allowed me to hire someone anywhere. She lives in a town of about a thousand, two thousand people. Yeah. And she was the right person for the job, yeah. does a great job and does everything remotely. We have yeah. a, a weekly Zoom meeting um, like this on a Tuesday generally to catch up and go over client questions and things like that, some training. Um, so definitely aims to, to keep growing. We have been growing steadily, which is awesome. Um, I think ideally, like I said, I want the tax practice and the bookkeeping practice so they'll work hand in hand yep. and just keep going out the bookkeeping client base for now. Yeah. Um, I love having that retainer base. So the more you grow your bookkeeping base with monthly, weekly, fortnightly packages, you're basically setting yourself up on a wage, which is amazing yeah. because you just have a set income no matter whether it's quiet or busy. Yeah. And then the busy periods are like gravy because you're getting fees, you're getting training fees, all yeah. this extra income. So yeah. yeah, the focus is just to keep growing that side of it. Um, also, just <laughs> put it out there because it's good to say it. Um, I love marketing. And so I am interested at some point to open up a side business. I don't yeah. know when I find the time, but a side business where we help small businesses, specifically service-based professionals with yep. their social media marketing. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. You, you've just got so much diversity in there. And I love the fact that you're looking at, you know, these are the clients who we enjoy working with and how can we serve them? You know, what are they, what are their needs? What are the gaps in, you know, the types of businesses that you work with? So what, I mean, what is your, I don't know, for want of a better, better word, target market or ne like, do you have a niche or do you have a type of business that you work with or is it more a type of person or a software? Is there any way that you've kind of, um, you know, worked out your, you know, who you work with and that kind of thing? Yeah. I, initially I was very big on trying to find a niche. Then I realized I'm, I care more about the person definitely. So um, they have to be willing to be forward focused. They have to be passionate about their business. Yeah. And um, it's not any industry, definitely not. We have every industry under the sun. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, I actually love that every new client comes along and I'm like, I didn't know that industry existed, but here we go. Yeah, there's a new <laughs> But it keeps it interesting. Um, so obviously they have to be digital. So yeah. it doesn't mean they have to be digital right now. We obviously help them on that journey. But yeah. we will not do on-site work because mm. you cannot run a highly efficient growth-focused business being on-site. I'm just like, I'll say it now. Like, yes, going on-site is part of a lot of bookkeepers' work. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking to the future, that is going to become less and less popular. And a lot of those clients are old-fashioned. Yeah. Like, I tried it with a few people and you end up dropping them because you're spending all this time. They end up being like this pain in your back. Mm. And, um, yeah. So they have to be willing to go to the cloud or already on the cloud and we will equip them. So they feel fully supported remotely. Um, and it does not mean once again, that I'm going to say to you like, Oh, you're not on the cloud you need to be or else like your business is going to fail. It might be, look, we're not the right fit for you. Yeah, that's right. um, like there are bookkeepers who love going on site and they might not be interested in modernizing their business. 
and they're at a different stage in their career and that is perfectly fine it's about being open about that as well yeah exactly being understanding about you know well i guess having empathy for where the client's at and not having to make everything fit into your grid I mean, that's a mistake I think a lot of people make in the new days. I definitely made that those mistakes myself. I remember when I first started, it was very much like this way or no way kind of thing, but a bit of an attitude about it. And it took yeah. me until until I closed down my bookkeeping business because I, I ended up like it, you know, it didn't work out the way that I hoped, left the business and then coming back in, having this whole different experience of what it's like to be on the receiving end, being the business owner, looking for a bookkeeper, you know, seeing what it's, you know, seeing kind of the other perspective. It's made me come back in and go, oh, wow, you really have to, you have to see things from the client's point of view and you have to, you know, take the time to understand them instead of expecting everyone to just do everything your way. Yeah, honestly, that's like gospel. Like, listen to what Amy just said. <laughs> um, I have the same as <laughs> Play it again. <laughs> with zero Maya with QuickBooks. So we yeah. work with all three and I have the same attitude with software. If you love one or the other, yeah. good. That's up to you. I'll help you choose the right one for your business. Yeah. I don't like pigeonholing people. Mm. And I think all it's fine if you're going to say, look, we only work with one software, but don't push the client there. Like that's not your job. That's not fair. And we all know what happens when accountants have done that to our bookkeeping clients mm. and cleaning up the mess. So I think bookkeepers are just as responsible there. We need to be ethical with our suggestions and make sure that the client's interests are there, not yeah. just us. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think, um, yeah, obviously we've talked about your YouTube channel and we've talked about yep. your experience on Airtasker and, you know, how you're working in the cloud and all that kind of thing. Is there any other, I guess, does anything else come to your mind in terms of, you know, social technology or, any, you know, anything else that you wanted to share, you know, with the bookkeepers today? Another one just to shock people <laughs> is Gumtree when I first Gumtree, started. Yeah. Uh, that was another one I was really prejudiced against and then I've heard good stories, so... Yeah, and once again, it's like filtering the crap, right? So yeah. obviously be careful that once you post your details on any of this, you will get spam. Yes. Download... Set up an info at email address yeah. alias. <laughs> and download Truecaller so it tells you, like, you can filter any calls you don't want. Uh, oh. Awesome app, and it helps oh. any spam callers. It's free. It's called Truecaller. Yeah. Um, amazing app. I've used it since back in the Gumtree days when you post anything, people have experienced this, you try and sell like a, a fridge or something and you get 80 calls and you're like, stop. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, it's really good to use something like Truecaller to back yourself up. Yep. But good story I can give you, I have a massive client in the city. They own a big chain of restaurants and started with a single two hour training session in zero. Yep. on uh, at their office which I thought was their only business and then uh, they invited me back for another business soon I realized they own 12 businesses wow. <laughs> and I still train them today and yep. thousands and thousands of dollars they've spent in training mm. so never like be cautious don't assume that these things are gold mines but also don't be naive and think that only bad can come from them yeah. I think you need to, especially when you're starting out, have an open mind to these things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it's great for training. I think right. I would, what I would do, and I learned this from my piano and singing lesson days, actually, yeah. because I would set up a single ad that would be like vocal lessons, Melbourne, 
and then I would set up a separate ad that would be piano lessons, Melbourne, and you'd put in all the keywords and the pricing and stuff and you'd get, I'd get good leads from that. And that's how I built up my music base back in the day. So I thought, why don't I try that with one for zero, one for QuickBooks, one for Maya. Copy paste the same blurb, change a few things so it doesn't kick you off the site. Yeah. And um, yeah, I got, I definitely got bites off that. And that zero one turned into a gold mine. So yeah. very good if you're starting out and you like teaching. If you like training and accounting software, definitely separate that as another service that you can offer. Yeah, it's fantastic. I can see why. I, actually, I have to double check, but you won an award, right? Do you win a mild Young Accountant of the Year award or something like that? A young Bookkeeper of the Year, yeah, in 2018. That was awesome. 2018, yeah. I can, I can, I can see why. Like you've just got <laughs> so many things that you've shared. You know, I guess I'm just thinking of of our listeners and the people that will be tuning in. Well, they'll be at all different stages, um, and you know, just to be able to see the journey that you've gone through. I think from two perspectives, I'm thinking of the startups or the pre-startups who are listening in, thinking, you know, you, what you're sharing, you know, will give them hope. And then for the bookkeepers that are more at the kind of more mature end of the scale, they're going to look and they're going to see you. It's easy to judge a bookkeeper. You know, this person has only just started out in the industry. They don't have many years of experience and things like that. Um, and to be able to see how quickly someone who's like determined and got a good vision and a great attitude towards what they do to be able to, you know, come in and, you know, really make a difference to um, businesses, which is, you know, to me, that's what it's all about. It's about, you know, Australian small businesses, like they, these businesses need our support. They don't need us, you know, kind of like, you know, being competitive towards each other because there's enough out there. But I mean, the example that you've set, I feel that that's inspiring for, you know, all different levels, you know, of bookkeepers that might be listening in. So oh, thank thanks. you very much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure to have you. Yeah, and, thanks, Amy. No worries. And I will share Samuel's, you can check out Samuel's YouTube channel. So I'm going to share that in the notes. And also I'll just pop in a reminder in there about the app called uh, True Caller. And I might even pop in a couple of links just to things like Airtasker and Gumtree and these different platforms, just to remind you guys that these are out there. If you're you know, looking for a way to get started, then um, that's the way to go. Thank you, yeah. Samuel. And uh, thank you all. I will see you next week. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, everyone. Awesome. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Bookkeeper's Voice. We'll be back next week, so make sure you subscribe to get future episodes via your favourite podcast app. And if you love this episode, jump on and leave us a review. Are you looking for some resources to help build a more profitable business while creating a savvy brand that your clients will love? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook page or head to our website, thesavvybookkeeper.com.au. Until next time, stay savvy.